animation friends, and welcome to another Animate Podcast. I'm your host, Larry Vasquez, and you're listening to episode 41. In this episode, we have guest Cinzia Angelini. Cinzia has quite an extensive background in animation, having worked both in 2D as well as CG, and now currently a story artist at Illumination, having recently worked on the Minions movie. She's worked on such films as Prince of Egypt, Road to El Dorado, Balto, and such CG ones as Meet the Robinsons, Bolt, Open Season, and Spider-Man 2. Uh, she's currently has a really cool project. It's called Mila, um, where she's worked on this with artists, uh, as she mentions on the website, 250 artists, 25 countries, one goal. And so uh, it's a very interesting subject, and so I'm really looking forward to talking with her about this. And so I hope you enjoy. Well, thank you so much for joining us in this podcast. I always like looking for uh, great guests and great projects or just seeing kind of what's out there. And I came across your uh, project, Mila. Is that how you pronounce it? Yes. Okay, yes, great, great. So then I thought I decided to contact you. I think I saw you at uh, CTN from just kind of a distance. I wanted to hit you up then about a podcast and did not have a chance to. So I uh, searched you out online and uh gave you a quick email to see if you'd be interested. So I appreciate your interest in, in joining us in this podcast. Well, thank you. I really appreciated you asking me. Awesome. Okay. So first of all, I, I typically like to kind of do a little bit of a flashback and see uh, how you came into the industry. Uh, what was your, some of your training? And uh, did you always get into animation? You know, was there other interest? Uh, our leader here, Jason Ryan, who uh, is a talented animator but uh, you know i don't know if uh, many people knew that originally when he was in college he was looking to be a uh, an accountant so you know it seems very odd from animation is there something that you seem like you wanted to do originally before animation or did you always like art i always uh, uh like to draw and uh, i always loved uh, you know animation and cartoons uh growing up i'm from italy so i grew up in italy and studied there I, I went to actually French school in Milano, um, so I learned French and Italian at the same time. Mm. And uh, after high school, uh, I knew I wanted to, you know, to get into like an art um, type of direction and career. And I was thinking advertising, art director, like for, you know, advertising uh, type of thing. So I did, uh, I decided to do a three-year uh, school uh, that, you know, would uh, prepare me for that. And then just by chance that summer, a friend of my mother, uh, she, she was doing a directing uh, uh, class in the evening at this uh, school uh, by the um, Milano, in Milano. And, uh, and she said, oh, you love to draw. Why, you know, there is an animation section uh, with us. <laughs> Those guys are downstairs in the evening. And uh, why don't you just uh, come by and see and apply? And I, I figured, you know, okay, at the time, to survive as a student, I was uh, painting guitars for the, for the fashion industry. So they would uh, basically use my painted guitars to create, you know, like photo shoots and stuff like that, mm. colorful and and different. So I didn't really have any animation per se, you know, like uh, roughs or, or, or live drawings, nothing. So I, I went there with my guitar portfolio, pretty much, my painted guitars portfolio. And they, I got in, so I decided to do two schools at the same time. So I did three years of one school for graphic design uh, in the morning uh, during the day, and then the same time, three years uh, of uh, the animation class uh, in the evening. Mm. And then but by year one, I knew I wanted to do animation. I, mean, I just fell in love with it, and uh, I finished the other both schools. 
but after you know just even not not even half a year i think i was like oh i want to be into yeah i want to become an animator um <laughs> that's it that was it i just fell in love and we were we were studying 2d you know it, this was uh, 92 so 1992 so it was 2d and um and that's uh, how how I started. And um, after the school, I, I I was pretty lucky to to work at the animation uh, studio in Milano called uh, Mix Film. They were doing all sorts of things like uh, mostly advertising, but also uh, shorts for festivals. And um, and I worked there a year, and then I had a chance to go to Amblimation. I sent my portfolio. Uh, if I look back at that portfolio, it's pretty pathetic, but you know. <laughs> but uh, you know, sometimes you need to be lucky, and uh, it was the perfect timing. They were looking for in-betweeners to work at, at the end of Balto, uh, and uh, and I sent the portfolio, and uh, and I, w- I got in, and that was my first experience into the feature animation world. Very cool. And and then I never looked back, and and then I just uh, uh, continued, you know, to to move to move from studio to studio in Europe. I went to Munich and then Warner Brothers in London. And then I had a chance to meet with uh, Christophe Serrand in um, Annecy. They were looking for animators for Princess of Egypt. Uh-huh. And I got in and uh, awesome. the, it, 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 it was pretty crazy because uh, um, I showed my portfolio in Annecy to him and uh, and the recruiter told me, well, you know, come back tomorrow, we'll let you know. And then the next day I say, well, if you want, you're going to, you know, do you want to join Dreamers? I was like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and two months to do the visa, and off I was. So I, I arrived in the US in '97 with Dreamers, and and um, yeah. So, so you that's got to work on Egypt, huh? That is fantastic. Yeah, just a uh, uh, few months. So, but it was a great experience. It was so exciting too. I loved it because I I came uh, here the previous year to visit some friends, and they showed me. The studio and uh, and uh, there was like a five minutes I think reel of the the beginning and uh, the song you know Moses uh, uh, mother song and um, it was so emotional to be there like oh my god you know so when I got in I was like oh, I, I couldn't believe it you know it was, <laughs> it was just great yeah now this is you said ninety seven so this was kind of now mm-hmm. starting uh, some of the transition from two D to CG which you also uh, I know it was shortly after. I mean, you had, uh, I know you worked on a couple other ones at DreamWorks as well, right? Yeah, I worked on the El Dorado that was completely 2D. 2D right. I was doing just 2D. I was in the, uh, with James Baxter team on Tulio. And then I also was with him on um, For Spirit. So, but right. during, just before Spirit, there was the summer where uh, Toy Story came out. Mm hmm. And uh, or just previously, a little bit before, and then everybody was really thinking about, ooh, <laughs> ah, we should move into the CG. So DreamWorks started like a kind of a training and uh, for animators. And uh, at the time, no one, none of the 2D animators wanted to even think about CG. <laughs> there, was, there was like, a, no, no, no. Like, but um, I really enjoyed Toy Story. And I thought, you know, I was really, you know, I really like to explore and uh, and learn other things. So I was uh, I volunteered, um, and um, and uh, and I got in. I was one of the f- the four guinea pigs basically, mm-hmm. and we got a two months full time training on Maya, mm-hmm. and uh, so that was perfect, you know. And um, and then so I I started to do 
basically during spirit I was doing 80% 2D just drawing and then 20% uh, of CG doing like the background uh, horses they were not doing too much I think they just did a big huge sequence at the beginning uh, with all the horses galloping around and moving with a camera I think it's at the beginning but most of the film it's a 2D with background CG characters mm-hmm. soldiers and, and the background horses and that was great that was nice you know to get into the CG but slowly you know not with like huge A shots you know or, right yeah, and then Simbad, the next film was the other way around. I was doing mostly CG with the sirens and the the big bird, the rock, what's called the rock, and other you know CG monsters that we had on Simbad, and then twenty percent of two D. And I got to do uh, one sequence where it was both. I did both the two D and three D together. Mm-hmm. So it was when the big Bird uh, is getting uh, the the girl up in the sky. So, and so that was fun to just uh, do both medium on in in the same shot. I guess that's kind of why it made my mind kind of go that route is because you mentioned kind of being in a good position back in Italy, but then also now back here in California at DreamWorks at that transition of 2D and CG where you got that training as well. And so it just seemed like it was a a perfect storm, so to speak, a great timing to be at that place. Yeah, it was done. It was perfect. And, um, you know, I was happy I embraced the CG, even if it was kind of going against, you know, the mass. Everybody was like, Uh, so, but no, no, it was great. And then uh, I loved it so much that actually uh, I decided to go to a studio where it was just CG. I didn't know at the time if DreamWorks was going to be you know, going to complete CG or not, mm-hmm. you know, was very, um, so I got a chance, uh, to meet one of the supervisors at, uh, Sony Imageworks and, uh, you know, they offered me to go there and work on one of the, uh, their film, the special effects film, uh, Spider-Man 2, mm. uh, the one they did, you know, back yeah, in yeah. 2000. Yeah. Dr. And then, Octopus, and right? then, yeah, Dr. Octopus. And then <laughs> I, I would, uh, I would uh, work a few months on that and then move on to Open Season. That was the first uh, animation, you know, film, animated film by Sony. Uh, and and they were founding SPA, Sony Picture Animation, right at that time. So the idea was to go and join Sony Picture Animation and do animation for Sony. But uh, I got the chance to work on Spider-Man 2 and it was great. You know, it was my first experience uh, working on a special effects film and, uh, you know, working with live action plates and uh, all of that. And uh, it was fun. I had a lot of fun, you know. It was diff- totally different. And, yeah. <laughs> How was your transition from 2D to CG? Did you find it difficult? Um, it sounds like you've got a pretty... Um... Your a good willingness to try things, so I can tell you know as you mentioned here, even just to jump to VFX and do some of the stuff in Spider Man Two without seem like mm-hmm. that reservation. So did that seemed to help you just having that willingness, or did you find the transition pretty easy? Yeah, I, I did. You know, I really enjoyed it, and um, you know, in some ways uh, because you have to think differently, but doing animation, but in a different way. It kind of uh, helps you even into the 2D world, you know, to think more three-dimensional mm. because you start to move the cameras around and, uh, you know, and uh, it kind of opens up your brain and it helps, like, of course, being, I think, uh, being a 2D animator helps your CG poses uh, a lot and the silhouettes. 
and um, and vice versa. You know, knowing how to do CG kind of opens up your brain a little bit in 2D, where you start to think a bit more in three dimension. You know, Very a bit cool. more yeah. than before. So uh, I, I think it, it it's great uh, if animators are exposed to more than one medium. You know, he it kind of uh, um, helps. You know, 360. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. That's actually what I was going to ask you next. Was how has your two D background helped your CG? And you mentioned obviously the uh, posing and things of that nature. Do you still take any of your two D background in your CG as far as prep work? Yeah, it depends uh, on the shot. You know, like uh, uh, if I was confident on what I was supposed to do, I would just go CG. Probably thumbnail it a little bit just mm-hmm. to figure out the more the layout of the shot and decide what to do. You know, otherwise, you know, I I would just uh, go straight to CG. Um, depends. Yeah, dep- really depends on the shot. You know? Okay. So. Um, yeah, I'm not doing every time, you know, uh, actually I'm not animating anymore now. I'm just, story- I'm just storyboarding. Okay. So, <laughs> so now, now I'm back to, back to 2D. Uh, now I'm back to 2D. Of course it was really, uh, and, and I think, you know, it's, um, drawing for sure. It comes very uh, spontaneous compared to CG because, uh, um, in CG, you take time to do a pose, even if you rough it out. It takes much longer than drawing it. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it feels like uh, drawing; it's more spontaneous, and you get your first instinct out out there right away. And sometimes when you start posing in CG, you spend so much time doing it. I mean, more than just drawing it, of course. Then you kind of lose a little bit the momentum and the initial, you know sparks that you oh yeah yeah i know i know know," you know and then it takes so long that it's like what was i doing you know type of thing right so i mean uh i think you know drawing down the idea it's good uh and it can be done in thumbnails or or just drawing it like you know one one drawing after the other or on the screen whatever help you know helps people now you're you said you're storyboarding. Where are you storyboarding at right now? Is it illumination or Yeah, I'm okay. at the illumination, yeah. Okay. How did that transition work for you to get into storyboarding? Obviously you mentioned you have your two D background, but what kind of moved you into that position? Just an opening or um, is that something you wanted to now kind of start exploring? No, it was kind of a slow transition. I always wanted you know, after I left Dreamworks and I went to Sony and then after three years I got a chance uh, uh, to go to Disney and uh, so it was all together nine years or almost 10 of CG mm-hmm. you know after after my 2D uh, time and um, and it was so I ended at Disney right when the 2008 big crisis happened and you know I was let go after Bolt uh, with half of the uh, production, the mm. animation department. It was huge layoffs at Disney, you know, like studios do right. once in a while. You know, every studio goes through that phase, and uh, and you know, uh, at the time it was kind of stressful because I was also six months pregnant, so it oh, wasn't goodness. the best. Yes, <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> but looking it back now, you know, I think it was the best because they forced me to do what I really wanted. Not really, but, uh, you know, I, I wanted to do story. And I started already uh, at Disney uh, going to all the classes and being very interested in the story department, you know, going, bagging all my story artist friends. like, <laughs> And um, 
and I started thinking about about my short film there and storyboarding that. So I, I started there getting into storyboard, and then I was let go, and I was kind of you know uh, forced. I took a, a year off, of course, because you know uh, I did actually a little uh, job um, just before I had my. Uh, my second kid at uh, Warner Brothers, but then I decided to take a year off because, you know, I had enough and <laughs> I, w- I wanted to be a mom for a That's, full year. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and uh, so I said, well, you know, this is actually a preferred time to start, uh, you know, reading and uh, looking at people's uh, story reels and portfolios online. And I, I just, uh, you know, uh, pretty much learned from the internet and from books. And um, and after when I was ready to go back to work, I I applied to a few uh, places, you know, and I did uh, six months of TV. Mm. Uh, I went back to two uh, 2D for a couple of projects with uh, Ken Duncan. Oh, Duncan very cool. <laughs> it was he did uh, yeah, it was great. I was terrified because you know uh, Ken is an amazing animator, and uh, <laughs> I did I didn't touch uh, pretty much a pencil. I mean yes, but not to, to animate for. 10 years and then they called me and said oh we have this uh, uh, DVD special DVD to for uh, how to train your dragon and uh, you want to come by and join then you I was freelancing and storyboarding I said oh my god really okay yeah sure <laughs> so the first no Ken was uh, was super nice because the first two weeks were like was so difficult to go back <laughs> you have no idea you but had to shake off all that rust Ah yeah yeah it was very <laughs> tough but yeah I, I, it was fun it was, it was a lot wow, of fun you've got to work with Christoph Saran Ken Duncan James Baxter this is amazing yeah yeah <laughs> the, yeah no it's so I had a lot of fun and um, the supervisor was uh, uh, Sandro Cleuso is uh, an oh, amazing yeah, yeah. 2D animator yeah he's from Brazil and uh, you know that was really fun and then. Um, and then they called me back for uh, um, the Kung Fu Panda DVD special, so that I did another one. And then um, I, I worked a third time for Ken uh, doing uh, the Minion uh, ride, the Universal Mayhem uh, Despicable Me ride with the Minions. So uh, then I went back <laughs> to CG animation <laughs> for that. And that, that's where I, I kind of bumped into Illumination and uh, the, the rest is history that I... I I basically sent my portfolio, went to talk uh, with them, and uh, they, they, you know, it was my first feature experience in the storyboard. They gave me a chance that were really nice, and um, and I started with them. I then had a couple of years where I went back to DreamWorks as a story artist, but then I. I went back to, to Illumination, and I'm there now. Now, what is the difference between a story artist and a storyboarder? Is that the is a story artist uh, something someone who does the storyboards, or is there is there a difference? Yeah, there? yeah, yeah. No, no. It's just uh, they call it either way. Okay. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. No, it's just uh, and you know it depends. You can just storyboard, or uh, it depends on the project. Maybe you know uh, some story artists help write some pages if there is. You know, like, or ideas, or, you know, like, what would you do? Or sometimes uh, it happens, you know, it happened that DreamWorks were, uh, they had an idea, they pitch it, and then they kind of let you come up with something. Okay, you know, that was my next fun. question then. Okay, how much do you get to be involved with the story, or, is you know, um, because obviously as it goes to Mila, this is your story, and now you're kind of helping, you. I'm 
assuming you've been in many of the story uh, oh, development yeah. and things of that nature. So this mm -hmm. was very familiar territory with you, at least for the training for your own. Uh, oh yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's a great training, and uh, it depends on the production, on the directors, producers. Uh, some directors like to just give you a page and that's it and uh, you should stick to that as much as possible unless they're very specific and tell you oh no just try something else and uh, some directors are more open to suggestions and uh, and they would just uh, listen and discuss there on the page and change on the fly the script so it really is very uh, sub you know it's really really depends on on who you're working with mm -hmm. so the, the the most important thing is like to know how to um read and understand the people you're working with so if they like something you're better off doing what they like you know like uh, if somebody wants to stick to the script uh I would stick to the script, you okay. know, unless they ask you. Otherwise, they're going to be disappointed that, uh, oh, I gave her a page that was saying blah, blah, and she came out with something else. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Got to learn to be able to read people, right? Uh, yeah. Very cool. Um, let's move into Mila a little bit here. Uh, I'm very curious about this project. Now, is this going to be uh, a short? Is it going to be how, – how long are you aiming for on this here? It's a short. It's nine minutes. Okay. Yeah, and uh, I, I started uh, um, thinking about that, uh, you know, years ago, uh, just before I had my second child, and then I stopped for a while, and then people started to email me, like, are we going to do Mila or what? <laughs> and I said, yeah, I said, sure, but I have no money, guys. I have nothing. I have no studio. What, what? Well, we work for free. Okay, so that's how it started. I mean, because people started, they knew about the project and they, you know, friends uh, uh, basically wanted to, they, they started on it a little bit and then everything was stopped, uh, you know, in 2010. And then they emailed me and say, we really want to do it. So that, that kind of pushed me to say, okay, let's try and from there, like from a small group of friends, we are now more than 250 from more than 25 countries. That's amazing. And yeah. I noticed a lot of familiar names on the animators list. There was probably about at least half or so from iAnimate. So that yeah. was very, very <laughs> cool to see. I loved it. Yeah. Uh, Robbie Rayo. Uh, yeah. He was one of my yeah. classmates. And oh, I noticed, God. yeah, Filippo, uh, uh, I can never pronounce his last name. The, oh. Datula? Yeah, Datula. There yes, you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, just a, a lot of names on here, and I'm, I'll have to put this in our show notes because I can't name everybody, but yeah, about half the list was from my anime. So that was very cool to see. Yeah, Filippo is one of, is one of the leads. That's fantastic. Yeah, he's one yeah. of our alumni. Robbie's one of our alumni. Now, I noticed they are also from, uh, or at least Robbie, from a Italian background as well. Yeah. Uh -huh. Was that some of the commonality that they knew of the story or how did you recruit? You know, you mentioned some of these people knew of the story and said, hey, let's get this going here. Um, you mentioned over 250 artists here. How was yeah. this built up? Uh, well, it started with friends here, like I said, and then, uh, you know, uh, basically friends of friends. And then I did a class at the Art Institute where I would, um, you know, I had students that would, uh, we would meet once a week. And um, we were just building everything, props and all of that stuff. So, um, so there I met more people uh, and some of them are still on board. 
this was 2010, 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, and then word of mouth, pretty much. Uh, uh, friends of friends knowing about the project and chiming in and uh, spreading the word and then uh, the media started to pick it up and um, and uh, write articles uh, I then applied for a grant uh, This is ba- the, the film is based in Trento in Italy, northern Italy where my family is from mm-hmm. and, and it's set in war, during World War II right, right <clears throat> so I um, Around 2011, um, I've heard of the Trentino Film Commission, and uh, I went there and I pitched the project, and I got a, a grant. Um, so you from went back them. to Italy to do it? The, the... To, to just pitch the project. One Wait. summer I was there, and uh, I met with them. And, That's fantastic. Uh, and I, yeah, and I pitched it, and... Uh, <laughs> I, I tried it, you know, and there, and there, you know, the the media would, you know, it's uh, kind of rare uh, that for a, a city like Trento is not huge, uh, you know, there is like an animated project, you know, in CG, being right. the, you know, it's kind of so media started to pick it up the story locally there. Particularly with someone with your background who's worked at a lot of the major studios, so I can imagine that brought some extra clout. Exactly. With you. Yeah, and then um, I. One of uh, my um, friends that did the school, the animation school with me in Italy, um, Valerios, is also the owner of, uh, of a Pixel Cartoon in Trento, um, came on board and, uh, and is still with us and is one of the uh, main, I mean, is the only animation studio involved uh, um, that is, is doing production, production work. Um, came on board and um, and they picked the story and, and spoke about him, of course. And uh, so from there, um, basically just word of mouth. And now, you know, with all the articles that came out right, during right. years, festivals, and uh, actually it's really overwhelming because even now this year, isn't, the film is supposed to be, we're trying to finish it by end of 2016. Mm-hmm. But the festival already hearing about it, so they they've been inviting me to go and uh, and talk about uh, the how we're doing it, the the work in progress of Mila, the behind the scenes, because of course I mean it's not uh, really common to do a film like this at this level, uh, at this quality, uh, basically with no money. I mean we have the grant from the Trentino Film Commission, the Fondazione Casa Rural is another bank that chimed in chimed in from. Um, from Trento, um, but if you think, I mean, you know how much these films at this right. level cost. It's yeah, really a fraction of a fraction <laughs> of a fraction of the cost. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's how we're doing it. Well, I mean, obviously, people can get an idea for the story by checking out the website. But I want to hear from you. Can you, for our listeners, maybe we're hearing this for the first time and hearing about Mila. Uh, can you give us kind of a without giving any you know too much away what is Mila? Uh, so Mila is a story of a little girl, uh, Mila, and uh, she is an orphan of World War II, and uh, the story is inspired by true stories that my mom uh, told me uh, growing up, um, and especially a story that she she was telling me of her experience as a little girl during the bomb bombings of uh, World War II and she was Mila's age mm. so it's inspired by her 
and um, you know she would uh, basically when the, the sirens went off and the the bomb bombers would start to arrive um, everybody you know the chaos would start and everybody was running and screaming and you can imagine and if she was out playing the garden in the garden or you know walking in the street with her mom or whatever she would just freeze and do nothing, just freeze and be totally, you know, into panic until, you know, like someone, mom, dead, or the neighbors would pick her, up, pick her up and go to, you know, to the shelter. So that that particular story uh, always made me think, you know, uh, even as a, you know, uh, teenager growing up and uh, what's, what's going on uh, in a kid's head, mm-hmm. you know, what's, what is he feeling? What, what, and that's sad that we see that every day on the news. Unfortunately, more and more, you know, you, uh, growing up, you, you expect, you know, uh, for some reason, war to go away and, um, and this craziness of, uh, you know, to, to stop, but it seems like it's getting worse and worse. So this has always been something that uh, I wanted to, to tell you know, with the medium I love and uh, that's animation. And, 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 you know, I don't think uh, animation uh, uh, should be constrained to just tell stories, commercial stories about funny characters. And that's, that's great. That's, that's super because it's great to bring laughter right. to the kids and to the adults. And that's awesome. But I think it's such an amazing medium that mm-hmm. you can use it for anything. You know, if you have a story that needs to be told and deserves to be told, you can tell any stories with mm-hmm. anime. You know? Yeah, and I love what, on the website here, which is uh, milafilm.com. I'm going to quote here. It says, I wanted to tell a story, a war story, not centered on armies, soldiers, generals, battle plans. I wanted to tell it about civilians and especially the children. And so, yeah, it just it, that's a great concept for a story. And I love love the design of Mila and the, that you guys have come up with. And so, yeah, I think animation is a perfect medium to be able to tell something like this in a very powerful way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, for sure. So now some of the concepts of Mila here, the design, is this something that you had come up with or some people on your team? The design of the characters are from Louis Granet. Is um a uh, pretty well-known uh, character designer and I've uh, known Luis since the DreamWorks uh, times we were animators together and then he moved into character designing um, he did he was a um, he did a Ratatouille and um, uh, Astro Boy and uh, many others you know films is is amazing I, I I love his design you know he's such a particular um, um you know, style that he has and uh, anything that he does, I just love. So, <laughs> well, you know, it's really, it's amazing. So when um, when I, did, I started to think about the project, I asked him, he said, you know, I, I love your your designs and that I really would like you to 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 help me out and, and draw Mila. And he accepted gladly. And, um, and uh, he, he, I remember he brought me, this was years ago, like, you know, a few sketches, and then I said, oh, I don't know. And then he brought me, you know, the Mila sketch, that the black mm-hmm. and white sketch that you can see. I think it's on the website as well. And um, and I said, that's Mila. You know, <laughs> you just know. You just says that. That's me. <laughs> and, uh, and then um, Philippe Brochu is a, a model at DreamWorks, uh, and he was with me at, at Disney at the time. Um, you know, once uh, we left, uh, he did uh, the model for, for Mila, and... Um, have you found 
you know, you mentioned that this has been a lot of voluntary time and energy. A, a lot of these other people, they have, uh, and obviously it's it's a neat resource for some of, uh, as we mentioned, some of the students here, uh, our past students here, they, they obviously have uh, the ability to add to their portfolio and show some great work. Um, but have you found that this story particularly has resonated with people to want to be a part of, like you mentioned these guys here? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, artists are uh, sensitive beasts, right? <laughs> <laughs> we are, no, we are very sensitive human beings. And, um, and uh, most, most everybody, you know, is probably working uh, uh, in an animated, feature animated films that are great. But uh, when an artist, you know, come across a story like that, where like uh, you have another huge group of artists that are working on that, um, because we all have a, the one goal to see, you know, Mila's story told and, uh, and, and share a little bit of what goes through uh, a kid's life when it's uh, under, uh, you know, in the middle of conflicts. Uh, I think something special um, happens. And uh, I, I, you don't believe the emails sometimes that I read, you know, from people like, oh, my grandmother was, you know, uh, in the middle of uh, this particular uh, moment, mm -hmm. you know, during World War II. And, uh, you know, a guy emailed me that uh, his grandmother was uh, uh, in Germany during the era, you know, at the end when Berlin fell under the Russians. And you can imagine what those days were, yeah, yeah, especially for women, you know. Uh, anyway, so it, it's it's amazing, you know. They, you know, and I think some uh, some people are just attracted by the story, yeah, and, yeah. Um, and they just want to, you know, they don't, they they're just uh, diving in like head on, like oh, I just want to, help. <laughs> what can I do, you know? Yeah, it's yeah. like and. And then uh, there is another part of people that are attracted by the the level of uh, um, the talents that right. uh, that we have, like uh, especially as leader uh, in the leadership positions. It's uh, if you look at the at the credits, these are all people that have like 10, 20 years experience. Yeah. In the CG, I mean, in the animation world, uh, mostly over here. I mean, in in Europe as well, but. People that really worked with big productions, so like, have uh, you know people from uh, India or Iran or Egypt, uh, you know that uh, don't have that chance. They are super talented people, but they don't have the chance mm -hmm. to to interact at this level of animation. So they're attracted by that. That's very and cool. Then, and then I think there is the third group of people that are like students that uh, uh or people that just started that maybe have a year experience stuff like that that don't have a portfolio and w what we give that uh, usually studios don't don't allow is like we allow people to use what they produce uh before the film is released mm -hmm. as long as it's password protected you know so basically someone that doesn't have a animation reel and wants an animation reel comes on board uh and uh you know, she he or she works hard. Uh, in few months, they can have few few shots. Yeah, and then off they go and they have a reel that uh, it's a production. It's not that just you know having student reels is right. great, but that you know it's always good and a plus if you have like a real production. 
you know shots right. in, in there you know how it is so um so that's i think those are the three groups of people that are really attracted by the project now who's uh, i notice you're directing that how much of this are you having to manage all of that well thank god i have an amazing producer that is <laughs> andrea m and she has been with me since 2010 and her and her production team are doing most of the of that. Uh, of course, I'm I'm helping a lot, you know, because uh, we all have our day job. So whoever is available to do something, you know, I'm managing the whole uh, animation department, of okay. course. And uh, and uh, and I was following uh, visual development and story, um, and um, she's uh, more managing lighting and. Uh, and layout so you know we just divided up the 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 what we needed to do but uh, it's it's not easy but after all these years we know how to move around <laughs> 250 people <laughs> we we got pretty good at that that's fantastic yeah i was just kind of wondering though too because as you mentioned you have your day job you're married you have two kids and so trying to fit this in that that's got to be pretty but you know yeah, it's one of those things that it, it's a passion of yours it's yeah. um it's i can imagine it's busy and crazy at times but it's where it's not a burden though because it's something that you are passionate about and enjoy so um, Absolutely, yeah. I mean, without passion, I don't think uh, I, I could do this, you know, because sometimes it's really, really demanding. I mean, I work all the time. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't have at the moment, especially during this last year of production, I don't, I don't have time for myself. Uh-huh. <laughs> so really, uh, yeah. So it's just uh, all, you know, either illumination or Mila or family, <laughs> and there is nothing else. So. Yeah. Now, um, you mentioned this is uh, based on what your mom has told you. Was mm-hmm. uh, is she still alive? Yep. Okay. She's, so, she's here. So, the, what did the, she think when you approached her about this? Oh, she was. Uh, you know, she she comes from a generation where uh, uh, it's odd to to do something about them, you know, they always, <laughs> I think they had less of an ego that the, the generation uh, of today. No, she was like, oh, that's posting they... plenty of pictures about themselves on the internet and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think it was a different really. Uh, anyway, um, really a lot of respect for all those uh, generations, you know, Absolutely. they went through crazy times and they didn't have all the things that, uh, uh, we we really spoiled at least in this side of the world at the yeah. moment. I think uh, we should appreciate every day. Um, uh, but no, she was uh, she's really happy that I'm doing it. She's uh, um, there is also a little on our YouTube channel. There is a little interview to her. It's just a minute. Okay. So uh, for, plug that, yeah. Yeah. So um, you know, she re- she's happy that we're talking about the kids and how how they feel you know mm-hmm. that she she still when for example there is like the fourth of july you know that you have the old bombers going over uh-huh. just for you know show mm-hmm. uh she still freaks out when Makes she her nerve, yeah. those old engines going by you know mm-hmm. it's something that um um that really touches you and sign you know it it, it doesn't go away you know yeah. it stays there you know some people are more affected than others depending on the age and the 
at least she had the chance that after the the first big uh, bombings they escaped uh, and that's how actually how Mila ends uh, and they went um, uh, as refugees up in the mountain in the mountains just escaping from the the city and you know where the big bombings were happening uh, so I think she she's fine because she she sort of, she she was exposed. Uh, not too much to that craziness, mm-hmm. uh, but but still, you know, it's uh, imagine. I don't. I can't even imagine the kids that are going. You know, like in Syria, for example, now going through like years mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. Everybody's bom- every everyone is bombing from everywhere all the time. Yeah. How can you? I mean, I don't know how they you know survive mentally. That you know, it's just insane. And I think that's why your story, I think, just resonates. You know, I, I, it doesn't matter what side of the uh, spectrum you fall on in regards to war. It goes back to kind of that old adage, war is hell. I think you're taking it from a very good perspective. And it's just, I think that's why it probably is uh, resonating. Yeah, it's just from the point of view of the kid, there is no politics. We don't even see soldiers, you know. The only element that represents war is the bomber. And uh, I didn't want to pick, like, one particular bomber. I mean, if you look at the history, we know very well, you know, who was bombing uh, in Italy, because, unfortunately, Italy was with the Germans at some point. Uh, but um, uh, we just picked a bomber, a uh, few bombers. We did a mix, and we created our own bomber that doesn't represent any country. You mm-hmm. know, it's just a generic bomber. Uh, the only thing uh, I call it 91. If you see the bomber when you you see Mila, there is a 91 because that particular day, uh, 91 bombers bombed the city. So, mm, mm. Um, but yeah, it's just uh, we don't see dead people. We, you know, it's just uh, you don't have to show blood to uh, to create the panic and the anxiety that a kid goes through, you know, just the sounds and explosions and the, the bombers and the shadows and the running, you know, that's plenty. Mm-hmm. We, we got, you know, we, we have a couple of sequences that, that are really strong because I really wanted, we, we start with a dream and then we go right into hell. Uh-huh. And, um, and I really wanted, you know, that to, to be really, uh, really strong to to make the audience feel what you go through. You know, would this be too much for children to watch just because of the content and the seriousness of it, or is there because you mentioned there, there's you know, there's not going to be soldiers, not going to be blood. Does it lend itself to that audience as well? I think uh, all the kids, you know, uh, can watch it. Um, I had kids, uh, you know, because I did a presentation with Azifa in October, the behind the scenes, you know, that we, we're bringing around to festivals. Um, and, uh, you know, we had also, you know, probably around 30 kids came by, you know, mm-hmm. uh, friends of my kids. And they were really into it. And they, 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 but they saw the, you know, part of it and the story real, so mm-hmm. not the real thing um, with all the effects and everything. Um but they were really fascinated, you know. Mm. They were just asking about Mila, you know, is she gonna be okay? You know, <laughs> so she's gonna. <laughs> I don't want to. It's, you know, Mila ends in a positive way. That's all about uh, basically showing how strong kids are and, and uh, how how good they are to survive. Uh, Mila will survive, you know, because she she 
she knows how to play and with with the you know by playing she will basically overcome this tragedy mm-hmm. um uh, so no i think it's fine you know for the kids it's not uh, i mean if there is a kid that is particularly sensitive then right. probably the explosion will I should know kind of where you were aiming at, I guess, target audience per se. So I was just kind of more curious about that. Yeah. Yeah, no, possibly, you know, adults and kids, but uh, gotcha. yeah. Now, um, I noticed on the website with some uh, looking at some of the stuff, where did you guys come up with some of the reference? I mean, obviously you mentioned you're from Italy, but this is obviously also back in 1940s here. So where did you get a lot of your reference for some of this, the scenery and uh, the look and things of that nature? Was it a lot online? Did you guys have books? I had books from when I went back to Trento. I went to the library. I took a lot of pictures myself and uh, I took a big panoramic of because the, the, the first sequence starts, uh, the first and the second are set into the main plaza in Trento. And um, so I, I went there and took big panoramic of the north side and the, the south side and it's like 22 buildings all together you know there is the the old cathedral and you know very old town mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's, re- it's actually a really beautiful trento and um um and when i went back and then i basically i came back and i started to assign letters to each of the building right and then a couple of years later i went back and i went to the same plaza I swear, I I was I walked into the plaza and I was seeing letters above. <laughs> <laughs> Visually, oh, that's building A, B, C. I was crazy. Anyway, no, but I spent the first couple of years doing oh, so much research, you know, with books. But then online, thank God, we have the internet. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what they were doing before, and a um, lot of very old pictures. Um, Your mom have any at all? Uh, she uh, not although she head of the people of the family, so mm-hmm. that helps with the clothes. Uh, but for the you know the, the the Trento the streets and the the because I had I had a particular the uh, path that Mila is going uh, through to go from uh, the main plaza to a house where she's gonna be during another sequence. Um, and uh, so I had to research a lot that those streets and uh, and uh, the buildings and we recreated pretty much the whole uh, section of Trento where where she uh, where she the, the film is is gonna be. Um, we have like around thirty five buildings or something like that and uh, and it, we didn't want to do like a architectural representation of Trento but our interpretation of course so kind of a cartoony and wonkifying you know the, <laughs> and pushing proportions and that and um, and uh, the other actors are Alexandra Kavalova and uh, uh, Richard Smithman and they both you know took at times um, you know, um, on the, the, the task of designing and, uh, the, you know, the, uh, the environment based on the references or the clothes. And, uh, uh, some of that is still going on with a couple of the, um, characters, but, uh, we, pretty, we have more than 200, 200 assets and, uh, even the props, we looked at references, you know, the, the cuckoo clock and, uh, you know, the radio and everything, everything from the 40s, everything. That's so awesome. that was 
that was really interesting. Yeah, really cool. great. Very great to to see to to do it. Yeah. Um, pipeline. I'm assuming Maya for animation, but is it been for modeling or texturing? Has it been kind of hey whatever the artist uses and can import uh, export it out as an OBJ or is it, how is that working for you guys? Yeah, some some guys for modeling did uh, used Max, but I think mo- most used Maya. Um, and then uh, for uh, uh, texturing, uh, it was um, uh, Photoshop, of course, and Mari okay. for the characters. But um, basically, you know, we, we are not a studio that can uh, uh, have licenses. So it was all about, you know, they, anybody that would want to come on board had to provide their own license uh, and do their, their work. So... Um, um, and then uh, we uh, actually the um, texture and uh, look development supervisor Cesar uh, Montero um, one day just said hey you know there is this great uh, tool called Arnold for lighting mm-hmm. and I think we should uh, contact those guys because you know it would be awesome and I said okay so he just email those guys out of the blue and uh, and they were amazing and they say we love it we're gonna give you 30 licenses so <laughs> we, have, we have uh uh yeah solid angle it's on board and uh, they give out us to work. them then props out to them that's very cool that they're willing to help yeah out no they, they've been yeah no no they've been awesome and uh, the lighting supervisor is uh, francisco giroldini is amazing and uh, you know he's doing a great job with his team we finally lighting you know cg is so frustrating because when you work in 2D, you know, you have your piece of paper and then in an hour, if you're good, or if you're inspired, you have something that moves and uh, you can actually shoot and say, hey, I have my one minute film or whatever. Uh-huh. You know, a you know, few, <laughs> few days, a couple of months, you keep it rough, you can do it. CG, you have to build everything yep, yep. before you see something. So. It took years before we could actually see, you know, a final result. It's, uh, <laughs> it's no, it's worth it. But sometimes, like, oh man, <laughs> so why? Why does it have to take so long? Yeah. What's been for you the most enjoyable thing about making this film? I think interacting with the people, you know, and meeting mm. all these amazing artists. It's still, I'm like. Uh, it's great, and and some uh, grew with the project because it started few years back um, as uh, junior students. Uh, I've, uh, one of the animation leads is um, Giacomo Mora, and uh, he started as a junior, and uh, and he's a lead in you know uh, giving notes with me to the That's animators awesome. and. And it's now uh, at Illumination in Paris, you know. And, uh, <laughs> That's great. So, you know, these are great satisfaction. And I have many, many stories like that. I'm not going to go through the whole list. But <laughs> that that's, uh, you know, for me, I love to, you know, they, they've been giving me so much. And I love uh, to that I see I can give back a little bit and help them with their path and, uh, um, you know, and their destiny and their passion. So that that has been amazing, you know. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, I really really enjoyed that. Okay, my next question then: What's been the most challenging yeah. for you? With Mila, or in general? With Mila, yeah, in this oh, in, in making of this film, what's been yeah. the most challenging, or some of the most challenging stuff? Um, the length, 
how long it takes to do it? <laughs> how long it takes to do it? I mean, <laughs> now you know it's been since we started production. Like seriously, mm-hmm. uh, it's been since 2010. So we are in our starting our sixth year. And uh, when I started, I probably would have never imagined to take six years to get where we are. Um, but uh, it, it's fine. I mean, I, I sometimes it's frustrating. So the the because uh, you, you know we have no budget, and uh, unfortunately, I have to say that um, even if. Uh, it, it's an amazing, I think, and many people recognize that things that thing that we are doing, you know, and the theme that uh, I decided to <clears throat> to explore uh, with the film. Uh, not many people are willing to help uh, financially, you know, like uh, or studios, you know. That's very challenging for shorts in general. Uh, that I don't. It's something that really always surprises me, you know, because uh, I think shorts are amazing to uh, talk about stories in a shorter amount of time with short, you know, a smaller crew, so less uh, financial um, risk there, yeah, risk, and um, and it's an amazing tool to. Um, to work with people that you know want to grow and want to improve and uh, to test your team you know uh, so if if i had a, a huge studio i would have like a shorts going on you know 24/7 you know yeah. seriously because these these the shorts are really giving so much to the artists you know we are so passionate about telling stories we don't have the chance to tell you know, feature story. And sometimes stories don't need a feature, you know, a story is fine if it's 10 minutes, you mm-hmm. know, and it's, and it's great. And I think, you know, uh, it gives back so much to the artist that if big studios uh, would do that more, they would have a much happier crew. Yeah. For sure. You know, they would work <laughs> twice <laughs> and i would run to the you know if if i was at the studio you know and they tell me okay six hours you work on the feature two on the short you will see so many smiles <laughs> it's just the way we are it's, it's, true. it's true but uh you know studios and head of studios and producers i mean their business is to make money and shorts are not they're not uh profitable bringing you yeah they're not bringing you uh revenues uh so that's that's the the issue until someone will figure out i think now you know with uh, uh, all the tools that we have available online you know and uh, iTunes, uh, netflix yeah, yeah, yeah amazon you know, it, exactly you things are going to change more and more you know i would love to see that easier. but until you have someone uh, that enough uh, you know power in town to say okay you know what i'm going to do a series just about shorts or whatever um it's gonna happen it's gonna happen it's just frustrating that uh, it takes so long for uh, you know big corporations to figure out that uh, it doesn't have to be just about features mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. and uh, and the audience is uh, you know is is ready for different stuff you know they're like so ready they're like you know i think we underestimate the power of the audience yeah yeah you know, and what they, they can watch yeah 
And and that's a great point. I mean, obviously, as a business, you got to be able to make money to keep your doors open. But as you're kind of mentioning that, it does seem like it's a bit harder to turn uh, some of those ships or to to take the the risk for the audience sake to really um, kind of stand out, I guess. So I think that's the neat part, like we mentioned, some of these other mediums to be able to really start uh, allowing artists like yourself or others who have these stories that would be able to produce these things in those environments would be really, really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, you know what? Mm-hmm. I think that's a great way to end off. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm looking at my questions. I got my questions answered. I'm looking at our time. I think that's a really good time to end off here. <laughs> um, so we're looking at a ETA uh, for uh, it being out in late 2016, you mentioned? Late this yeah. year? Okay. Yeah. Well, we're gonna keep up to date with you. We're gonna. I'm gonna make sure you you holler at me for any uh, social media to kind of help uh, get the word out. Uh, but sounds like a really real cool project. Um, are you still looking for artists uh, for help? Is that something that we can mention in our show here? Yeah. We're, yeah. Um, we're looking for um, um, character effects, so hair and cloth simulation. Okay. And effects, uh, bombing, you know, all the effects for World War II. We have a, a couple of guys, but we need more help with okay. that. And then cloth and hair. Um, of course, I'm always looking for uh, animators, but we have so many animators that are junior, medium level. We need for to, to find some good senior animators. Right. I mean, I have a bunch, you know, like... Have, uh, uh, so, but... It'd be good. Yeah, I understand. Obviously, when they've got a a full-time gig, time is always uh, difficult to get. So, yeah, if you can get more out there. That's why I wanted to mention it out there. So if if you're listening and you know other people that can do these positions, definitely contact you. I'm assuming, again, at milafilm.com. Yeah. Well, Chinzia? Okay. (laughs) I really, really appreciate your time. This sounds like an awesome project, and I can't wait for it to be released. So thank you very much for your time. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, I animate. You're awesome. Ciao.